Welcome to Swing Left Nebraska. We are the regional chapter of Swing Left, 100% run by grassroots volunteers dedicated to fighting for a more equitable, inclusive, and prosperous Nebraska and motivating Democratic-leaning voters to vote. When we don't vote, when we don't get engaged, get involved, or stand up for what we believe in, we're effectively giving up our power. Action is the antidote. When we collaborate, work together, support each other and our shared values, we can make our voices heard, make an impact, and inspire others to join the fight. Swing Left Nebraska offers you the information, actionable ideas, and tools you need to advocate for progressive legislation and to help elect Democratic candidates who will fight for the common good for all Nebraskans. Let's mobilize. Let's take action. Let's go. Hello. Welcome. My name is Leah. I'm a volunteer with Swing Left Nebraska and your host for today. I am so thankful that you are taking time to get informed and educated with me about what's happening in our legislature and decisions being made that will shape our future and impacts everyone on a daily basis. If you're anything like me, it can be hard to keep up with all the information that's coming at us pretty much every day. The bills that are being proposed, updates on current legislation, debates and progressions, they all make up our state and information flow can be tricky to follow. Cindy Maxwell Osdeck joins us again this week to help unpack the unicameral from last week, provides us with information on what we can expect this week, and offers us suggestions on how we can make our voices heard. So let's do a show. All right, Sydney, glad to have you back again to help us unpack everything unicameral. I feel like I say this every week that there is just so much going on, but it is important that we not rest on our laurels, that we keep moving forward, we keep educating ourselves and have a good understanding of what's going on so that we know what kind of action we should be taking. So let's just start off with an update with Michaela Kavanaugh and her famous filibuster. Where are things at with that? Yes, I first I want to say thank you so much for this update, this podcast that you do on a regular basis to help people understand and keep up to date with what's happening at the legislature. I just think it's amazing. So thank you so much. Thank you. And that is the story this last week. Michaela Kavanaugh, the filibuster, she did not waver. And we are just so in awe of her. We're so grateful that she really stuck to her guns. And in fact, over the last week, I think she's had several articles written about her. And then on the national level, she was on MSNBC with Ari Melber and then Jake Tapper with CNN. And I think that the senators have really started to look at the schedule and they're like, okay, we're not getting anything done. <laughs> she, it was really amazing to look that we're more than halfway through the session and there has not been anything passed. And I know it's been very frustrating for the speaker and the senators. You can hear it with their discussion on the floor. And so it sounds like Speaker Arch has determined that he will bring in a schedule, LB7574, 
which is the, the name of the act is the Let Them Grow Act, but it's the anti-trans gender affirming care bill that will be on the floor Tuesday. The hope, of course, is that we have a lot of allies at the Capitol, in the balcony, supporting Senator Kavanaugh and the other senators who will be speaking against this, as I'm sure will go to cloture. Hopefully, there will be people talking with their senators and their friends and neighbors to make sure that they call their senators as well and let them know we do not want this extreme legislation in Nebraska. We do not want to tell other parents how they can care for their children, and we do not want to limit their ability for this necessary health care. So. That's going to start on Tuesday. I'm sure that's going to be very emotional for a lot of people, this whole process and across the country with all these bills. And then especially in Nebraska, it's been terrifying to many families, to the kids and to their parents. And I actually know some people that have talked with me. They've been considering moving. Wow. And trying to find another state where they would be able to make sure that their child can get the necessary health care that they need. And so that just breaks my heart. It just is so sad. That's what we've come to in our country, in our state, that we would be attacking these families like this. And then do you put a price on that? No, but it is also bad for business. I can't help but think about all of these brain drain articles and the press conference with the Nebraska Chamber this last week about we have 80,000 unfilled positions in Nebraska. We're trying to attract excellent, talented employees. We're trying to bring families here to our state to grow and thrive. And at the same time, we're driving people away. And it just doesn't make sense. Does it make sense? It doesn't make sense. The fact that we have families considering fleeing the state just to have their rights be met is it, it leaves me almost speechless that we're at this place, 2023, that parents and families are having to make the tough decisions to literally quit their jobs, sell their homes, and uplift everything just to be seen, just to be heard, just to be alive as a human with rights. And this is out of control. It really is. And there's been... Some states that have already passed this legislation, and it is forcing some families who are unable to move to their child has to detransition. Wow. It's, and it's just, it's horrific. It's horrific. We really ask people to please follow Out Nebraska, the ACLU. Both organizations are encouraging people to come to the Capitol Tuesday, Wednesday. It's going to probably go into Thursday for a debate before it comes to a vote for cloture. And so as many people as possible to come and support the senators who are fighting against this hate and, and to also be in touch with your senator. I was going to say, and even if you can't make it any of those days, because we do recognize it is a lot to take time off work and get the gas money and, the, and get babysitting arrangements, you can still, mm -hmm. you are encouraged to call your senator or email your senator. I would recommend regarding these bills to go to NebraskaLegislature.gov. Okay. And the left-hand side of your screen, go to the senator's link. And then the very option down is to find your senator. And that's where you can type in your address to find your senator. It'll take you to their page, including their email and their phone number. So you can contact them directly. As far as these bills, yes, you can make comments online 
and it will be available to all the senators and staff throughout the life of the bill. If someone had left an online comment before the hearing, there's a deadline that is noon the business day before or five o'clock or something like that, the business day before, that would be included in the official record for the hearing. But it's still very important to make your thoughts known. And you can try to get in touch with them every way, all of them, all email, do an online comment. I suggest all of it. And I loved your suggestion last week. If you're new to calling or nervous about actually talking to a human, call them at six o'clock on a Wednesday or call them if you're listening to this on Sunday, call them on Sunday. No one will pick Mm -hmm. up. You'll have a voicemail. You can practice using your voice that way. And I guarantee the staff will get it on Monday morning. They'll get the message. Just list your name. Let them know you're a constituent and that you want them to vote no on LB 574. Awesome. Let's move into talking about the Reapy update, um, um, twist of the plot <laughs> with 626. What can you tell us about that? It's, I don't really know what to say because it is such a, it's so murky what is happening. Senator Reapy brought an amendment. Some of the news reports made it sound like she, I don't know if he really understood that the bill he co-signed was for a six-week ban. And so he felt more comfortable with a 12-week ban. And he was in the news as someone who he said, no one's going to like me and I'm going to get a dog because everyone's going to be unhappy. But then during Senator Hunt's, there were two legislative resolutions for constitutional amendment regarding protecting reproductive rights the other day in DHS. And Senator Reby commented that some of the news reports were completely accurate, like exactly what he all said. So this is really, I'm just happy to see the wrench thrown into this process. I am not wanting the amendment. I'm not wanting the bill. I don't want any more restrictions on abortion in Nebraska than we already have. But if they're going to now have more disagreement among the users and co-signers on this bill, that's fine with me. Yeah. Let them argue. I was going to say, let them eat their own. I mean, and some people said, oh, 12 weeks. And I'm just going to say, this is not me, but I've heard people say 12 weeks. That's more reasonable. Okay. No, it's not. The medical community, the experts, the people who we rely on regarding our healthcare are telling us that we should not be limiting this important healthcare to any certain number of weeks. We already have a restriction in Nebraska that they are saying we should not restrict further. And I guess his amendment is built on, to me, this is what I've been reading, is that it does not have exceptions in it either. So here we go again with talking about exceptions, and they're all an illusion anyway. They will restrict everyone's access no matter what. And when we start talking about rape and incest and things like that, I think one of the articles quoted him as saying, something to the effect that maybe just a whole bunch of people would then start saying that they're raped so they can get an abortion. It just does not work that way. His compromise is to move from six to 12 weeks, but with no exceptions for rape or incest or the life of the mother, basically. It's confusing. And there's many amendments on that bill already that are up when it comes for consideration. So it'll be interesting to see how that process works out, like which amendment might get actual consideration, if any. It sounds like Senator Albrecht really just wants the bill to stand alone, like the way they wrote it. 
which doesn't sound like it is good. Not only is it not a good idea, but it's not written well either. So it's just bad all the way around. I feel like it's intentionally a little bit confusing the way that it's written, because here we are trying to unpack it and we're still scratching our heads trying to figure it out. It's just amazing how these bills get written and still everyone is left a little. What is actually happening here? And it shouldn't be that way at all. It shouldn't be that way at all. No, it shouldn't. So let's talk about some priority bills. I know that was some big information that dropped this week. Can you first explain what the priority bills are and maybe highlight a few? Yes. In fact, a lot of people were very, we were all waiting until Wednesday so that these would all be populated on the NebraskaLegislature.gov website. If you go to the home page and you look on that first page, the third option down is priority bill listing. And if you pull that up, you will see that each of the 49 senators has one priority bill that, you know, one of their pieces of legislation they're proposing that they can prioritize. And then each standing committee is allowed two priority bills that they want to make sure and highlight to the floor. And then the speaker gets 25 and the speaker is able to prioritize other senators' bills or even other committees that this time all 25 look like they're individual senator bills that he prioritized. So I've been really combing through because those are the things that will be heard in front of the legislature because we're going to be out of time. Even without the filibuster, it would be impossible for the legislators to consider all 800 and something bills. So the priorities are really key. And you see some of these that are prioritized that I really hope the senators will get to. And there's some that sound mundane, but they're actually extremely important. Mm -hmm. Senator Day's bill that she prioritized actually is LB84 to change provisions to SNAP to try to make sure that we do not revert back to the previous percentages. The cliff effect is something that Senator McCullough's bill had addressed last year, but there's a sunset clause. So what she is proposing is that we not sunset this. It's so important to working, struggling families that we adopt that. Senator Conrad has a Child Tax Credit Act. Senator DeBoer has one regarding child care assistance. There's some other really important bills when we're talking about things facing businesses here in Nebraska and trying to grow our economy. It's so disappointing that the senators took all this time focusing on trying to legislate hate instead of these other priorities for our state. So yeah, the, it's very interesting looking through the individual priority bills. And then when you come to the committee priority bills, there's some really good ones in there as well. And I could go on and on about priority bills, but one of them that I'm very excited about and just personally obsessed with is one that was prioritized by the executive board. It's Senator Brewer's LB254. And some people remember from last year that this is basically the same one that he brought, which was LB777, to digitize and archive the recordings of the legislature. And I'm very excited that the executive board to, to prioritize it. And I've been talking with some senators when I meet up with them, or sometimes they've asked me for copies of the hearings. So that's something that we do with the legislative study group is put the floor debate and hearing recordings onto our YouTube page. And we show that as a kind of public service. 
And so when I talk with someone who's asked for one of those, I ask if they'll co-sign and put their name on it. And then I did have a meeting with my senator this last week. I, she was so gracious. Senator Brad Von Gillern is the freshman senator for LD4, which is where I ran for legislature this cycle. And he was so gracious to meet with me this last week. And one of the things I did talk with him about was this bill and how important it is. And he did put his name on it and co-signed as well. So I really appreciate that. Wow, that's mm -hmm. really exciting. I bet that feels really good. And that's good on him for taking the meeting with you and meeting you with respect. That's really mm -hmm. great to hear. Yeah, we talked about far ranging number of things, but this was one of them. And I really appreciate that they're on Senator Brewer's bill is a bipartisan group of senators, people from both parties that have come signed. So I'm crossing my doors. It's nice to see when things are moving smoothly through the legislature and when there is bipartisan support on really beneficial bills. It's a breath of fresh air, to say the least, with everything else going on. And speaking of, you were at a March for Our Lives preference conference as well last week. Can you discuss that? Yes. And it's actually, it's so bittersweet because, of course, it's just heartbreaking that we have our five-year anniversary of the Parkman shooting and the March for Our Lives so with all the students that have walked out and tried to bring attention to our country, to our elected officials and other, just everyone to pressure their elected officials to do something about this violence. And here, five years later, it's worse. It's just, it's so sad. But there was a press conference in the Rotunda on Thursday, and it was put on by Nebraskans Against Gun Violence, Huskers Against Gun Violence, Students Demand Action, and Moms Demand. It was an amazing event. And I'm particularly proud of two people that spoke. Jaden Speed, is an organizer with Students Demand Action. And he's also an organizer, young man who's a senior here in Nebraska, who is with the Legislative Study Group. He's very active with civic engagement and matters in front of the legislature. And I'm just really excited to see where he goes to school and then where he goes, what he accomplishes. I'm just really looking forward to watch that. Oh. He's amazing. And then another person, I really want to say a thank you to Leah, a fifth grader here in District 4, who came and spoke at this event. She talked about how scary it is at school when you have these shooter drills, and that it is something she hopes that can be solved because she doesn't want to help her and her classmates and everyone grow up this way, going to school and being afraid. And it was just so powerful and moving. And I just am so proud of these students, all of them who came to talk because first off, to just get in front of people. But people don't want to just get in front of people and talk. But about such a, an important subject, it just really took a lot of courage. And so I'm amazed. And I hope that people will be paying attention. And one thing we can do here in Nebraska right now is to be in contact with our senators about LB 77 which is Senator Brewer's having concealed carry without any permit or training. That bill did achieve the first round. And so when it comes back up again in front of the legislature, I'm hoping more people will have listened to like the Omaha Police Department or the Lincoln Police Department and these children and parents and everyone asking for common sense gun regulation, not to just get rid of any regulations we do have. Yeah, I hope so too. And it 
means so much when we can hear from the voices of children whose lives are impacted by this daily. Back in my day, I did not have school shooting drills. It just was not a thing. And this has become normalized for these children, yet they still recognize that this is not normal to have active shooter drills in their schools. So what awesomeness to have those voices shine and heard. And I hope the senators and I hope people across our state are hearing them loud and clear for sure. Me too. It was also Affordable Housing and Justice Week as well. So much going on. Tell me about that. That hearing went late into the night. I was there for a part of it and then had to come back to Omaha. And I remember turning my computer back on. I'm like, my goodness, they're still going. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure what's going to come of those bills. I follow Erin Bechtacher on Twitter. She, I believe, is one of the foremost experts on this whole topic. And I know that one of the things she was highlighting was how, like, even just the city of Omaha was opposing some common sense regulations that would have maybe prevented some of the hardship that tenants faced with some of these addictions that happened here in Omaha over these last couple of years. So like the maintenance and some of these different things that the landlords are required to do, we have to enforce that. And it's important that people be informed about what is happening with where they live. It's their homes. So they should be informed about things that are happening with their home. And I'm just hoping that the legislators can see their way clear to pass some of these common sense laws and remembering our neighbors, whether they rent or own their home, all deserve the dignity and the ability to have safe housing. And it's something that we all want. Neighbors don't want their family, friends, loved ones, coworkers. They don't want people to be struggling to put a roof over their head or for their kids. It's just, it's something that most of us really all agree on. And some of these technical details, I hope that the senators can work out. Yeah, no, definitely. I agree. Now, at the time of this recording, Saturday afternoon, there's a couple rallies happening in Lincoln right now. We have the Women's March and then the Minimum Wage Rally. Can you talk about those? I remember attending the first Women's March. I'm here in Omaha, but I actually went to the one in Lincoln. And just remember the feeling that day where we were all coming together to try to draw attention to solidarity that we have with each other. And that we all have so much more in common. Than not. And I hope that people will continue to keep that feeling. I know that sometimes it seems that we're all so divided, and it's something that I just think we have to make a conscious choice to focus on lifting each other up. And so I'm hoping that everyone attending that rally is really getting some good messages. And I also am sad that I'm missing the other one today regarding minimum wage, because this is something the Brastons voted to have the legislature enact. And I know it's been disappointing in particular that some of the proposals regarding enacting this legislation would be limiting the minimum wage depending on your age. And no working people just do not agree with this. And I understand this difficult maybe for some companies when you think of small businesses, they're going to have to work out how they can make sure and pay these wages to their employees and also make their profit. That's, it is what we all do, business owners. That's what we're faced with. But it's frustrating to me that there is any limitation being proposed based on age. 
I'm someone that worked as a young person out of necessity. And I am really sad to think that there are some senators that would believe just because someone is under a certain age, they aren't due the same level of compensation. There are many young people in Nebraska working out of necessity and they deserve the same amount of pay no matter what their age is. Yeah, there's some young people who are working to help even contribute to the bills of the common good of their family system. Exactly, yes. And again, it's just gives young people another reason to consider moving from the state. It just gives another reason for younger people to consider looking at different options where they can get paid a fair rate. And when you talk about these wages, especially when you talk about people, when you talk about, say, college students or younger high school students or just people in general, young adults, their dollars are going right back into the economy. They're investing it right back into Nebraska. The majority of people that age are not in some of these other like investments or trying to send their dollars to other states or anything like that. They would just be putting it right back into the economy as paying their for their car and their gas and their food and the rent and all this kind of stuff. So it is good for our economy as well. And I'm a small business owner. My husband and I have our business from our home. We do not have employees per se. That isn't something that we're facing at this time. But I have worked as a human resources professional in the past. And I understand that you have to make the numbers work. These small businesses, though, are having a hard time finding employees. So it is necessary to be competitive. And so I think a lot of companies are actually paying hopefully better wages than the minimum right now. But if this law passes and we're deliberately leaving some people behind in that equation, it's just not right. Yeah, it's definitely not right. So that will be interesting to see where those go. So what can we expect this week? What kind of bills are coming down the pipeline? What should we be paying attention to? In addition to the floor debate going on in the mornings, so every morning this next week, Tuesday through Thursday, it's anticipated the focus will be on LB 574. And again, everyone, please help keep that spotlight on that legislation and asking your senators to vote no on LB 574. But in the afternoons, then we are into the last week of hearings at the Nebraska legislature for this first year of the two-year session. And so there are a few that, with the study group we're focused on, a couple to oppose. And then I would say for one that we're really recommending to support, and that's Senator John Kavanaugh's Bill 577. It'll be in revenue on the 23rd. And it relates to collection of delinquent real property taxes and sale of property. And Karina has really looked into this a little bit. And it's something that most people don't even realize that the impact, some of these selections, these delinquencies could mean you lose your real estate, lose your property, lose your home. The provisions relating to how that all is notification and how that all works needs to be much more clear and to protect people so that they can make themselves whole again, bring themselves current and make sure not risk losing their home. The bills to oppose, there's an education, 177 adopt the My Student, My Choice Act. There's one in government, military, and veterans affairs on the 22nd. Senator Holcroft has brought this requiring video surveillance of voting and tabulating equipment as, no. The Americans, the Raskins, do not want to be surveilled 
while we're boating. That's something we oppose. And then on Friday, which is the last day of hearings in judiciary, we have two bills, B441, which is Senator Albrecht's regarding obscenity provisions, and then LB371, Senator Merman's bill to basically prohibit anyone under a certain age in attending the drag shows. It's just ridiculous, this bill, the way it's written, the premise of it on its face, but then the way it's written. And we really recommend people either come and testify in opposition or to make sure and get your online comments in. Absolutely. Drag performances have been around for years and they play a central role in our culture. They provide a platform for artists to express themselves and create an inclusiveness and understanding atmosphere. I truly believe criminalizing drag shows and performers is a form of fascism. I'm just going to say it. It's a form mm -hmm. of authoritarianism that seeks to control artistic expression and deny the free expression of marginalized groups. And quite frankly, it's an attack on the fundamental rights of individuals and it breaches the respect that all people deserve. It goes against our fundamental societal values. We cherish personal freedom and expression and respect for individuality and denying those core values are going to have devastating impact on our society as a whole. So it's a terrifying bill, in my opinion. And so it's the way it's worded is so murky that it can be applied in situations that are truly, I think, outside the scope even of what a lot of people understand. And the confusion that happens, too, regarding when we talk and refer to drag, a lot of people are considering maybe more adult shows or burlesque or things like that. There are certain shows that are intended and even advertised as adult. What this bill is saying is you couldn't even bring children to something like one of the drag story hours. And those are lovely events. And it's just very troubling that we would be trying to restrict parent. It seems like a theme at the legislature this year in many ways to try to restrict parents' authority regarding how they want to raise their children and the decisions they make for their children's behalf. It's just bad bill all the way around. It is a bad bill all the way around. So that's why it is so important that we continue to educate ourselves and we learn how to use our voices and we use it in a capacity that feels right to us, whether you're calling your senator and speaking to them directly, having a meeting with them, sending emails, leaving comments online the way that feels the best for you. It's just the fact that you are doing it. And you can, again, always tap into the Nebraska Legislative Study Group on Facebook to get your questions answered. Check out the NE Legislative Study Group website to get all sorts of answers, find out different ways you can use your voice, find out what bills are up, all those good things. Yes, we really appreciate and she joins in and especially we're trying to make sure and get the word out about how the upcoming elections in 24, they seem like a long way away, but people are planning and getting ready now. And so in the legislature, every two years, half the legislature is up for election. It was the even number this last November and the odd number districts are all up for election in 24 across the state in all areas of the state, east, west, north, south, be talking to your neighbor, consider yourself whether it would be something you'd like to do. Because we need good people representing us in the legislature and we need people who are serious about the responsibility.
Absolutely. Yep. I already know some people that have put their hat in the race. It is never too early. And I'm sure, Sydney, you would offer a wealth of information if anybody had any questions about running, just putting you on the spot. I would recommend someone, if there's anything they're considering, to really start talking to people now. There's, especially if we're talking about women, get in touch with women who run and they have just a wealth of knowledge. But Starting as soon as possible, I didn't get started until December. And the, of course, the primary was just like four or five months into it was in May that we had the primaries. Lucky in my district, there were only two of us that had put our hat in the ring. So I knew I was going to get through to November. But that kind of late start is something I really wouldn't want anyone else to face unless they were in a situation like me where they they don't want to hold anyone back. If you feel like you would be a good senator and you would like to run and you shouldn't be held back by the date, just get in there. (laughs) Because if you're feeling called to do it, there's probably a reason. But if you can start earlier, it would be so beneficial because I'm sure the impact of outside money we saw this last election cycle, we'll probably see the same thing again this next time. So the sooner you can get started and trying to get everything in place, the better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you have any final words for going into this big, heavy week? We really just think it's important that we be kind to each other and ourselves. This legislation, and when we think about on the floor of the legislature, we're going to be hearing such hateful uh, proposed legislation. And we've seen this in other states as well. There are children listening. There are families that are biting their nails, worried about this. So really just try to give yourself grace and be reaching out to your friends and family and offering your support because I believe truly that most everyday Nebraskans do not want to wish hate on their neighbors. This legislation is being brought by people with extreme ideology. And so I just think it's important to remind our friends, our family, our neighbors that we love them. And no matter, no matter, we love them. And I think that's just something that I would just want to say. What a beautiful final set of words to leave our listeners with. Thank you for that. That is really important. Thank you for your time today. Thank you. That's a wrap. Thank you again for tuning in. We will be back next week to continue to unpack everything unicameral. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and share this pod so we can get this information into the ears of our fellow Nebraskans. We still have a lot of work to do, and I'm grateful I get to do it with you. Let's mobilize. Let's take action. Let's go. Ready, set, go. Get ready, go.